Hello, and welcome to another episode of Serendipity Girl. I'm your host, Colleen, and I am on a quest to discover and think about things that are true, but not only true, but also noble, just, excellent, and worthy of praise. And I'm so glad that you have joined me and I hope that you're having a wonderful day or evening wherever this podcast finds you. Uh, Hello to my listeners, not only in the United States, but also uh, Guten Tag or Guten Abend uh, to my listeners in Germany and uh, in Canada and uh, in Great Britain. Tally-ho! And I, I would love for someone to tell me what does, I, I guess I should look it up. What does tally-ho mean? <laughs> I, I have no clue. <laughs> I, probably, I probably shouldn't just be saying tally-ho with, with no idea of what it means. Um, but yeah, I have a, a way for listeners to interact with me. I don't want to be the only one talking here. And I have a Facebook group called Serendipity Girl Podcast Lovers. And hopefully wherever you are, you can get on Facebook. I I know I have uh, some friends in the UK uh, that are on it. And I'm pretty sure it's almost in every country now, except for the highly restricted ones. But if you will just go and search on Facebook for Serendipity Girl Podcast Lovers and uh, ask to join. And then um, I try to post things that relate to... photos, uh, go a little bit deeper on things that I've talked about on certain episodes. And I would love some bounce back. Uh, Give me some feedback. Let me know how are these episodes resonating with you? What was your takeaway? Because really, honestly, this is not my podcast. Uh, it, It is a ministry that I like to do. As in, I like to encourage and exhort people. That's just how I roll. That's how God has wired me. And it's not really my ministry. So yes, I, I can, I can always use with constructive comments. Uh, hopefully there's no trolling. I do ask for no trolling. Not that any of you would do that, but, um, yeah, let me know how these episodes affect you. And if something resonates with you, what is something that, that, what was a takeaway? Uh, what's your story? What did it make you think of? How do you plan on applying the scripture or the uh, the lessons that you know I'm pointing out that I'm learning? Because we're all fellow sojourners and travelers in this thing we call life, and we can all learn from each other. So feel free to drop in and uh, let me hear from you. And, and if you have any questions, I'm here too. I love to interact with people. That's one of the reasons why I do this, because frankly, I have so many words. My father-in-law has said in love, but sometimes in frustration, he's like, you have more words than any person I've ever met. Well, okay. Yes, that's true. So that's why during COVID, I needed something to do while we were staying home all the time. 
and uh, I had two COVID babies, not literally, although you know our church is full of so many COVID babies, <laughs> but literally, but uh, it's amazing how the children's ministry, uh, they said it has just really multiplied like crazy since 2020. I think that's just so funny. But my COVID babies were not baby babies. That ship has uh, <clears throat> sailed. But uh, although I'm looking forward to one day being a grandmama and being a lolly and my husband being a puppy because my father-in-law is pop. So when the Lord gives us grandchildren, uh, well, gives our children children that are, you know what I'm saying. I'm going to be Lolly and Bill, my husband, is going to be Poppy. So Lolly and Poppy. I just, I like it. I I really wanted Lolly and Pop so I could give my grandchildren sugar-laden Pops that would probably destroy their teeth. So maybe it's probably just as well that it's not Lolly and Pop. But that was going to be my shtick, right? And uh, But this one, since my husband loves popcorn, um, he can be Poppy because he likes to pop popcorn. And uh, yeah. So I don't know why I'm lolly. I just like lolly. I think it's fun. I didn't want to be like Nana. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but I didn't want to be Nana. So what was I saying other than I have a lot of words, which I demonstrate on this podcast, but my two COVID babies were, I started trying my hand at reading books out loud. I used to love reading books out loud to my children and taking on accents and voices. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to become a narrator. And I looked up videos on YouTube and my husband researched uh, how to turn our big uh, master bedroom closet. It's not that big, honestly, but it's it's cozy. <laughs> but, but closets make great studios because of the sound dampening qualities of clothing. So I just made use of what I have. And uh, so I've got a little table and a little chair and uh, some funky lights and soundproofing. And yeah, I try to make it, you know, fun and cozy. I need a few more things in there, like twinkle lights. I love twinkle lights. You know, the little, like I have some twinkle lights that I have above my bathtub that are little Eiffel Towers and because I'm a total Francophile, totally. And I'm just like slowly going way off the subject. So back to the words. So anyway, I have a lot of words. And, and so the podcast was born out of that serendipity girl because someone who is serendipitous just has a knack I'd like to think it's a God-given knack uh, of discovering things. And I was like, I want to remember these things. So when I'm old and gray and if I lose my mind, uh, unfortunately, both my mother and my grandmother uh, got dementia. And, uh, you know, I'm doing everything a person can do to avoid uh, getting it, uh, learning foreign language. Uh, learning a musical instrument, um, trying new things to keep those brain neural pathways alive and and going because I really don't want to get dementia. And it just about took me down when one of my great heroes, heroines, uh, Elizabeth Elliot, she got dementia. And I still ask the Lord, why, 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 why? That woman had so much to give and why did she get dementia? But you know what? Not for us to know God is good, he's holy, 
And uh, so, yeah, even if it's just for me, uh, I sometimes go back and listen to myself uh, to see what, you know, I've discovered. And it's like a fun little way of journaling. Only I'm reading my journal out loud. That sounds about right. Uh, Because I've always loved show and tell. (laughs) I'm forever stuck in show and tell. So whatever I learn, I want to show others and tell others about it because you know god says we nothing nothing that we experience is really uncommon it's common to all of humanity and um so if i'm struggling with fear or anxiety or or ingratitude or sin or whatever chances are someone listening to this is too and i love to give people solutions that God has given me. So I'm flying the flag. Yes, this is a Christian podcast. And uh, I make no apologies for that. Because if I found a million dollar tree with million dollar bills on it, and I knew you were poor and needed money, what kind of person would I be if I held this back and said, no, I'm keeping this all to myself. So good news is to be shared. And what I have found in my relationship with Jesus Christ and in his promises, so many promises, and in reading stories of other people who have walked with him before me, the hall of faith. Uh, if I didn't share that with others, wow, no, um, we're to learn from one another. So anything I have, if you get anything good out of it, it's all God. If it's bad, that that's all me. I'll take the credit for it. So the bad, but I will give God the glory, which is uh, one of our pastors, David Stein, likes to mention, and it's Revolution Church. If you ever want to listen to some really great preaching, Jason Gerdes, I think it's the German name, Gerdes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm laughing because I once asked his wife because he had a good tan on him. And I'm like, is he Hispanic? And she's looking at me like, quizzically like uh no <laughs> I don't know why I thought he was Hispanic probably because he lived in Texas but anyway he is not Hispanic he is not that it matters I mean Hispanic is great but he just happens to be from the German line just like I am too so yeah I come from Poggles P-A-G-E-L I don't know if that's how you say it Poggles well so let's quickly take a sub back to the surface because I've just been you know playing around down here in the water, giving you lots of words and details. So what is this uh, podcast about? And believe me, I pray every time, like, Lord, make me pithy. Make me pithy. He hasn't yet. I don't know why. <laughs> but, and I drink decaf. Go figure. Um, you don't want to see me when I've had caffeine. Oh, my goodness. It, it like Coca-Cola? My words double, triple. <laughs> it unleashes a store. So let's... Pick our words with care. And I want to share something really cool with you. Um, parts of it are not really cool, but you're just hang with me and you'll see. Okay, well, first of all, there's a quote. And if I can find it on my magic phone here. Um, okay, C.S. Lewis. You know I go on and on and on about C.S. Lewis. Well, he had a lot of great quotes. And Facebook, thank you very much, has been throwing me quotes and I guess the more that I interact with them the more the algorithm says send her more which is fine with me um C.S. Lewis had a quote 
And I will share this on the Facebook group as well if you want to see it with a beautiful picture of a woman. Looks like me. She's got her hands raised, very demonstrative. Uh, Looks like she's, you know, celebrating, staring at the ocean as the waves are lapping around her feet. And she's in a beautiful dress that I'd love to have. I can't wait for it to get uh, spring and then summer and then we can go to the beach. I love the beach. Um, But C.S. Lewis has a quote against this picture. And it says, Don't shine so others can see you. Shine so that through you, others can see him. Let me read that again. Don't shine so others can see you. Shine so that through you, others can see him. And that him, if you know anything about C.S. Lewis, world-renowned author, professor, who was a staunch atheist. I mean staunch, totally, totally, very convicted to his religion of atheism uh, against God. There, and, and, and maybe that doesn't sound fair if there's any atheist listening. You're like, well, I'm not necessarily against God. How can it be against someone who doesn't exist? Okay, well, touche. That, that's a good one. <laughs> um, but... Ah can also mean against, and um, but they would say there is no God, so how can I be against Him? Uh, we're just random molecules that just you know kind of there was a bang, big bang somewhere in the universe, and you, you know, um, and I don't know what makes people atheists. I will tell you a lot of times. I think it is tragedy that they cannot wrap their mind around. Maybe they lost a parent at an early age. Maybe one of their children died. Something bad and really tragic that they never got an explanation for. I can't say that that's why everybody's an atheist, but... And I would love if you are atheist, you do not have to be a Christian to listen to this podcast. Um, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christ follower. I'm totally convinced all in and want to be a God chaser with whatever time I have left on this earth. Cause I'm turning the big six. Oh, this year. Oh, I'm not ready for it, but I'm trying to get ready. And yeah, but if you're an atheist, what's your story? Why are you an atheist? And I know some people are well, because of science, but I even found out that Charles Darwin, um, he started off as a Christian and then a tragic event happened to him and he just chucked it. And I just saw someone who wanted uh, people to narrate their book. I was thinking about auditioning, but then when I saw what the book was about, this lady used to write Christian books um, about parenting. She had blogs and all this stuff and and had a certain measure of popularity and uh, she went through a messy divorce. And she had some things happen that she said, why, Lord, why? She never got an answer. She went on the mission field. That's how all in she was. She was missionary. This this makes my blood just stop circulating for a minute that this could happen. I think once saved, always saved. I think she's going to come back. But right now she's in grief, free fall, bitterness. I can hear it in her words. And now she's writing books saying that she's deconstructing her faith. And I wrote her 
a very long, what I hoped was a non-judgmental, hey, I'm your sister here. I just want to like, you know, come alongside you if I can help in any way. Sounds like you're navigating some pain. She didn't open up to me. Um, she's still writing more books about deconstructing her faith. I mean, it already sounded pretty deconstructed. I mean, and what is this deconstructing? Why would you deconstruct something? Oh, Wow. Anyway, um, so I'm curious, why are people atheists? And if you are one or if you know one, what was it that convinced you there was no God? So I'm convinced there is a God and C.S. Lewis became convinced. And you may know the Bible verse, you may not. There's a Bible verse in John where, the book of John, I believe, it's in different gospels, I believe, where um, Jesus said, after saying that he was the light of the world in a separate time, I think, he looked at his disciples, his students that followed him for like three years before he died on the cross and then went to heaven. And he said, you, you are the light of the world. Now, he's not saying that they're little gods or little Jesuses. Don't go there. Not that you are, but just in case you're tempted to, don't go there. He's saying, you, uh, when you, when you know Jesus... When you put your faith in Jesus, then post-cross, after he died, rose from the dead, hung around for a little bit so that over 500 people saw him. I mean, yeah, this is a factual thing. Eyewitnesses with damaging testimony that made them look foolish and stupid and, you know, like, why would these people lie? Um, because it made them look bad to say when Jesus was about to die on the cross, I ran away and I even said three times I didn't know him. That was Peter. So anyway, post-cross, the Holy Spirit came on what we call Pentecost, 50 days after Jesus went back to heaven, I think. And he promised he was going to send the Holy Spirit. So from that point on, the Holy Spirit fills, influences, and controls as we yield to him. We still have free will, so we still get to choose. I sometimes wish we didn't have free will, but um, I ask the Holy Spirit to super glue himself to the throne of my heart. And now I know no one can dislodge him from the only throne there is, which is the throne in heaven. But symbolically, using a picture that I saw in a tract once, a gospel tract about how to be saved that talked about the throne in our life, talking about lordship, who's running the show in your life? Because it ain't you. Because according to scripture, it's either God or the devil. And I know that's disconcerting because people would say, well, that's awfully exclusive. Well, Jesus was awfully exclusive and he is. And he doesn't mince words because there's no time. People are dying without him every day. There's just no time to be politically correct. That's just, no, no. Lives are on the light, on the line here because eternity is a really long time. You better get this right. Where are you going to spend eternity? We are not just going to be warm food, okay? We're going to live forever in one or two places with God because we embraced him in this lifetime and accepted the gift that he's offered us of salvation and we've put our faith in him. It is not a work saying you cannot work your way. Just stop that mess. That don't work. That don't work. I don't have time to mince words either. That don't work. I mean, even Mother Teresa needed Jesus' death on the cross to save her. And she's probably one of the best people, you know, out there. 
in terms of people. I mean, she just loved people her whole life and went and to the poor and the rejects and those that society said, well, you must have done something wrong, so we're having nothing to do with you. Your poverty is your karma, baby. She said no. She went running to them with the love of Christ. And so... What does this have to do with a quote? Um, let me let me rein it in here. Jesus says that we have the Holy Spirit living in us once we put our faith in Jesus. And that means that his light, because he is the light of the world. So we are like these little uh, candle holders, you know, or little torches or little, um, what do you call them? You know globes or whatever that that lights are in and we the the beauty is not in us the beauty is the person who's living in us in our heart and when he lives in your heart you can choose to trust him every day and then he will fill you with his holy spirit which means you get his love his joy his peace his patience with others that drive you bonkers his uh, love, joy, peace, patience, his kindness when you want to like snappy, be snappy and snarky and, you know, tell somebody off that, that, that that's the old you. Once you put your faith in Jesus, the old you still hangs around like a dead body. I don't understand why it well, because it's in your programming. It's in all of your old programming before you came to Christ. And, um, so all of his fruit, his kindness, his gentleness, his faithfulness, his ability to control himself, rather than trying to control everybody else in the universe, which you can't, as I have to realize every day, because I'm a control freak in my flesh, in my old person before Jesus saved me. And that programming is still there, and that I still get tempted by the devil, by the world, System which says you got to control. You're in control. You're in control of everything. We are not in control of snot. <laughs> we ain't in control of nothing except what we think, what we choose to think on, and what we do. And if we will yield ourselves to the one who is in control, who is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. He will fill us with his spirit. And we can be these little lights that go around in the darkness. Because this world is dark, y'all. Look at what's happening in Ukraine. Look what's happening in Moldova. I heard that Russia took away their gas. Now, I don't know if that's the gas they used to drive cars or the gas they used to heat their furnaces. It's the dead of winter, y'all. You don't take away people's ability to stay warm unless you are serious. And I think I read that the prime minister or whatever, uh, it was a woman, I believe, um, I think she resigned. The country's in chaos, which it looks to me like I am not a newscaster and I'm not on the ground. And some of you are a whole lot closer to all of this geographically than I am, but it sure looks like... Russia's trying to not only take over Ukraine, but Moldova too. And I I suspect that many countries that were Russian, part of Russia, um, kind of, oh, I don't, I don't want to mention the, the H word again. You know, the guy back in the 30s who said, well, Austria, they're really part of our country. And well, the Sudetenland, yeah, they're really part of us too. And I'm not trying to pick on anybody, but... Just as we're all healing from 
the First and Second World War, we keep finding new ways as a universe, as the whole world, every country. It's not just, you know, the countries in Europe. It's it's all over. It's every continent. It's we we keep finding ways. Now we're playing with nuclear bombs like kids with a gun. I mean, this is bad. So we have a dark world. And I want to I want to show some light. I want to be a candle. I love candles. And what better light than the light of Jesus Christ, who is the God of love. So I want to shine. I don't want to make this. I want to shine for Jesus. I want to reflect like a candle. You know, the candle itself, well, it isn't the light. The, the globe isn't the light itself. It has the light inside of it, you know. And the analogy breaks down. But next time you light a candle, just remember, you can either contribute to the darkness in this world or you can contribute to the light in this world. And... um it, it, it's tough. Anybody on social media, if they're really honest, or maybe it's just me. <laughs> maybe it's just me. It is so hard to not get addicted to the dopamine-producing hits your brain gets every time you post something on social media, whether it's TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, whatever. If you get any kind of thumbs up, comment, hearts, love, whatever. Um, it's really hard not to get addicted to that. Because we all want to know that somebody's listening to us and somebody cares about what we think. But you know what? God's really dealing with me on that. Um, you know, it's not about me. And this podcast is not about me. It's about Jesus He's the only thing that gives worth to my podcast. Because without him, I'm just a babbling fool. (laughs) I'm just a babbling fool with way too many words. And I have begged him to make me more pithy. It hasn't happened yet. (laughs) But I keep praying. So, but I can shine for Jesus. And, And if you know him... And he lives in your heart through his Holy Spirit because you put your faith in Jesus. You can shine for him too. And we can be the candles in the darkness. I can't think of a better time than now when the world is so dark. And I think of people like the doctors and the nurses and the counselors and the translators and the people that are in Poland with Samaritan's Purse and all of the people in Poland who themselves remember They remember all the pain of war and the winter and doing without. And they were the first ones to start welcoming those Ukrainians. And I know there's other countries that are, but the people could walk to Poland quicker. And I don't know if Romania is one or not. I'm not sure. But, um, hey, you can comment on my Facebook group and let me know if you're European and you know what all countries have been taking the Ukrainians in. All I all I know is we can be a light and, and those people are being a light. They're 
I know people that have friends in Poland that they are gassing up their vans or trucks, their whatever that can hold a lot of people. And they were like, we're praying that we get more money for gas because we're burning up the gas, you know, and Polish people and maybe people in other countries are taking in Ukrainians. And some of this news is old, um, I know, but that still blows my mind. You know, they're taking, I mean... God is bringing good out of all of this stuff that's happening. And I'm just so excited about that. And uh, so shine, shine wherever you are. So that's just the quote. Now, it's 27, 28 minutes. How fast can I do this? Because I want to keep this under 30 minutes. Okay. Have you heard of the Psalms in the Bible? If you haven't, you can look on the internet and look up Psalm 32. And before I read that to you and just tell you my takeaways, and I'm going to have to do this fast. Right now, and I'm going to put a a photo and maybe a video uh, on my Facebook group, Serendipity Girl Podcast Lovers. And you may think, this is really weird. What does this have to do with anything? Aphids. I actually looked up and educated myself (laughs) about aphids. And if you're a gardener, you may know all about aphids, but I've been doing herbs in my kitchen with a grow light. It's called Aero Garden and many people make it. I got it off Amazon, but there's many people that make these kind of little grow light water gardens where they'll send you these little seed pods and you just stick them in the water, stick some fertilizer, turn on the grow light, has a canopy that you can start really low while they're seedlings and then you gradually raise it and then you can have your own little herb garden. Well, it's great until I noticed a cloud of white stuff all over the most beautiful Genovese basil that I've ever had. And, um, I'm like, what is this? And I had brought home some basil plants from my grocery store to supplement until my own basil grew enough to be harvested continually, just a little bit at a time. And I had mint in there, and I said had, but I still do, but mint and parsley, but this Genovese basil, I cannot tell you how beautiful that basil was. There's a reason I'm saying was. These leaves were huge. And I had Thai basil coming right alongside, which Thai has its own, as in T-H-A-I, Thailand, has its own culinary benefits. And, um, okay, bad news, y'all. I'm not going to get under 30 minutes with this, but stick with me. It's going to be worth it. I promise. Okay. Just trust me. You know, and hopefully you're dusting or vacuum, well, maybe not vacuum cleaning unless you've got really loud earbuds or washing dishes, which is super boring or uh, unloading the dishwasher or maybe you're driving. Maybe you're driving from having your kids go to extracurricular activity. I don't know what you're doing or you're trying to go to sleep and you're like, I'll listen to a podcast. I'm so honored that you're listening to me right now. Whatever you're doing, maybe you're working and you just need a little something in the background. So, okay, aphids. Back to the aphids. I read about these dudes. Okay, they're not dudes. I don't know what they are. They're bugs. And a lot of them are females. Ah, what are they thinking? A lot of them are... This is, this is crazy. Okay, 
the white stuff on them, I started noticing it was getting heavy. And then I started noticing little itty bitty bugs that were walking around on my leaves and I felt violated and I'm feeling all violated right now. I really felt violated yesterday with them and I'll tell you why in a minute. But these things were propagating worse than rabbits ever thought of it. Beatrix Potter, move over and write about aphids if you were still alive. Write about aphids, except they're gross. Um, they were traveling all over <laughs> my basil plant. And then they started sucking the life out of it. And so I'm reading on homemade pesticides, right? And this this thing's getting out of control here. And there, um, so I made a solution somebody said put apple cider vinegar on it okay so somebody said water with a little bit of dish soap in it just a dollop or two but i thought well if a little apple cider vinegar is good then a lot must be great and i sprayed the heck out of these plants all of them and i mean i I rinsed them off. They said, hose them down. So I had them in my kitchen sink, which is disgusting. And I'm hosing these little itty bitty things off of the leaves. And I'm like talking to them saying, you get off my plants. You're violating my plants. And then I changed the water and we've got fresh water, rinsed off, cleaned uh, herb plants with their roots and fertilizer. We're good to go, right? And then I, they've been sprayed with apple cider vinegar. I didn't put any soap in. I thought, well, let's try the apple cider vinegar. And um, went off to a Bible study and came home about five hours after I had done all of this. And not that the Bible study was five hours, but when I came home, all the plants were lying over and they had turned brown. Now, do not use vinegar. Whoever said to use vinegar, no. I should have done the other solution that I read about on another website. Didn't know any better. So learn from my mistake. If you have a little herb garden, inside or outside, I should have cleaned them. I should have cleaned them with a little dollop of uh, dish soap. They mentioned Castile. I don't know if you can get that everywhere. Um, but, you know, I would think any dish soap, as long as it's fairly mild, don't use like the Dawn. If you get Dawn, like powerhouse, bubbles, scrub, you know, whatever, don't use the most abrasive dish. Palm olive is supposed to be uh, mild. Um, I'm dating myself, but in the old commercials, they said, oh, it's mild. There's like, yes, you're soaking in it. Well, I wouldn't soak my nails in dishwashing liquid. I think that's silly. But something mild. But you know what? Last night, while the grow light was still on, I kept going back to check on them. Like every 30 minutes, I'm like, okay, come on suckers. I hosed you off. I know I hosed you off and you should be gone by now. And, um, you know what? It flushed them out wherever they were coming from. Despite all of the things that I did, it flushed them out. And you might be thinking, why is she going on and on about aphids? There's a reason. I'm like, Lord, is there something I'm supposed to learn from the aphids at the risk of sounding like I'm trying to over-spiritualize? But these little itty-bitty things, by like 11 o'clock last night, there was a whole crowd of them hanging out all over 
the grow light wandering up and down the thing that holds the grow light. And you'll see the photo on my Facebook group wandering around in circles around the plant. I'm like, how can there even be any left? I'm like, are they coming out of the water? Are they aquatic? I don't think these bugs are aquatic. And, um, I couldn't figure it out. And I mean, I'm dabbing them with a paper towel and I'm like, there's nothing for you to eat. The cider vinegar supposedly deters you. Well, they're just hanging out and walking around like, I don't care. Kind of like my squirrel that eats on my squirrel proof feeder. He just looks at me like, yeah, what you can do about it? I mean, these guys are terrible. And I read about them this morning. They're one of the worst pests that gardeners have to deal with. So... Anybody out there, a farmer or a gardener, you're probably shaking your head saying, yeah, they really are. And here's the lesson. You don't want to let them propagate. You don't want to let, you got to deal with them quickly because apparently a bunch of them are females that, this is disgusting. They, I don't think God set it up this way. I think this is from the fall from Adam and Eve because it wrecked the whole world and caused all kinds of weird stuff to happen. This is disgusting. <laughs> they, um, these female aphids, without the help of a male aphid, <laughs> they give birth to all these, and they lay eggs of all these female aphids that when they're born, if I've got this right, the eggs, when they hatch, they're female and they're already pregnant. Now, wrap your head around that. How does a baby aphid already hatch and they're pregnant at birth? Thank God we have a Lord who is in control because I wouldn't want that to happen to human beings. <laughs> but this is jacked up. Okay. This is just this. I think this is from the fall because sin wrecked the world. And there's all kinds of weird things that happen because our, our world is groaning because of what we did to it with sin because of Adam and Eve and what they did. And we would have done it too. So don't be blaming them. But, uh, God says, you know, it, it, it started the sin cancer started with Adam and Eve. So now we got pregnant aphid babies and, and if you think I didn't feel violated before. So what does this have to do with Psalm 32? Well, two things. In Psalm 32, King David is doing what's called a penitential psalm. He is really rocking from the results and consequences of his own sin, similar to Psalm 51. And that's what a commentator said, that it's uh, very similar to Psalm 51, where he's like, um, he's just facing his sin head on. Dude was married and I think he even had multiple wives and God never says yes to that. So that is not God, but you know, people sin, right? And that's what the Kings around him were doing. And that's what he did. And, uh, he had multiple wives. That's my understanding. Um, he was married. But he went out on his patio and for some dumb reason, some woman thought it was a great idea to take a bath out in full view where somebody else, like the king, I'm not saying she did it. It wasn't her fault necessarily. She just didn't exercise wisdom. For whatever reason, she has taken a bath on 
her rooftop patio and it was within very good eyesight of King David's patio and instead of going off to war and leading his army like he was supposed to do every spring, they, the kings would say, it's spring, it's time to go fight a battle. Okay, where are you going to go fight this year? Which I think is stupid. But that's what they did. They just fought wars. And he stayed back. Hmm. He wasn't leading his men as the leader of the country. He wasn't leading his men. That's his first mistake. Then he's like, oh, look, there's a naked woman on the patio. And he looks once. And he could have looked away. He had he had a woman already. I think he had more than one. And he didn't look away. It was that second look that got him in trouble. And he looked. And then he lusted. And then lusting turned to longing. And uh, being the king, he could pretty much do whatever he wanted. So he made arrangements for Bathsheba, who was taking a bath. Maybe that's where we get the word bath from. I don't know. But um, ladies, don't take a bath on your roof. Um, yeah. So, he writes this psalm in, in Psalm 51, and then in Psalm 32, he's also carrying on about sin that he covered up for a long time, and they're wondering if the two are related, because, dude, <laughs> not only does he commit adultery, he forces one of his subjects to commit adultery with him. I mean, I don't know that Bathsheba felt she had much of a choice, okay? When they say, the king wants to see you, you go to see the king. And when the king says, I want to see you, I don't know if you can say no. I I don't know. I wasn't there. But either way, uh, she got pregnant. She's Solomon's mother. And um, so then he's like, oh gosh, she's married to this soldier of mine named Uriah. Well, he he does something else stupid. He... he, uh, He's got to get rid of Uriah because he wants Bathsheba all to himself. And so he tries to get Uriah to come home and have sex with Bathsheba. He pulls him off the front line or tries to thinking then they can cover this up. And then Uriah will think that that's his baby. His, his, I took a break from war. I came home to see my, my sweetie wife and she got pregnant. That didn't work because Uriah was like, how can I go in and, you know, see my wife and know my wife in the Genesis King James version way of knowing your wife? Um, if <laughs> when, when my buddies are all out on the field fighting, you've pulled me off the field. I'm just going to stay here by you, King David. I can't go in and see her not while my buddies are high and dry fighting the good fight, you know. And so David's like, crap. So (laughs) this is the Colleen paraphrase version. And so then he's like, well, I guess I'm going to have to do something really huge here. And uh, he's not seeking the Lord at this point. Now, this is the man that God says was after his own heart. But David's not having a good day. He's not having a good month. He's not having a good year. Um, he sends Uriah to the front lines. And I, I said he was at the front lines earlier. I misspoke. He wasn't at the front lines where most of the, the people get killed first. <laughs> Nobody wants to be on the front lines. It's nasty. Uh, I don't speak from experience, but I can imagine. Uh, y- your chance of living greatly goes down if you're on the front lines, especially in the way they fought back then. And um, he sends Uriah to the front lines. And Uriah dies 
whoa, big surprise. (laughs) So then David marries Bathsheba. And I think their first baby that they had uh, ended up dying. And David pleaded with the Lord for that baby, fasted and prayed. And God's like, I'm telling you now, this baby's not going to make it. But to his credit, David got up and worshiped the Lord. So what does that have to do with aphids? What does that have to do with King David? Here it is. In Psalm 32, you see David saying, and I'm going to paraphrase this. I am so blessed. I am so blessed because God has forgiven me. And and he's speaking in third person and he's saying, blessed is the man or woman whom God has forgiven whose sins God has covered. Blessed, he says it three different ways. Blessed is the person that the Lord is not going to count their sins against them. You are blessed if God is forgiven, covered over. And at that point, Jesus hadn't died yet. So they were doing a lot of temple sacrifices. And that was a bookmark until Jesus came the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. All those lamb and sheep and goats and pigeons and what have you, grain offerings and all that stuff, uh, day of atonement, all of that, that was a bookmark temporary until the real lamb of God, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, but also fully God, yet without sin. He was a man, but yet without sin. Always God before creation of the world. Always part of the Holy Trinity. Um, He came down and died. So, but David knew that he was forgiven because salvation has always been by grace through faith. So, he said, I'm so blessed because I've been forgiven. My sins have been covered. God's not counting my sin against me. But then he said, you know, you're blessed if you're not deceitful. And I think he may be talking about himself because he was very deceitful. Uh, He was not truthful with Uriah. He didn't say, hey, I had sex with your wife. Uriah might have, I don't know what Uriah would have done. Big soldier man, I don't know. But David was deceitful and he was trying to get Bathsheba to be deceitful too and cover this fact that she was pregnant up with Uriah. And then he turned into a murderer. He just flat out, indirectly had Uriah murdered. But he says, you're blessed if you're not deceitful. He knew firsthand the high cost that his sin had cost him, cost Bathsheba. They lost their first child, an innocent child. This deceit, God was, he starts talking about how He was wasting away. In Psalm 32, he says, I was just wasting away because of sin. I was physically affected by it. I was, my bones were groaning. I felt like God's hand was heavy on me 24-7. I felt like my strength was sapped, like sitting out in the hot, broiling sun. And I have been in the Judean wilderness. Oh, my stars. This English, Scottish, Irish German girl, my face, my fair, pale face was like so red that they thought I was going to have a heat stroke because we were in the wadi in Israel, one of the wadis, uh, wadi, I don't remember which one it was, but um, it's a valley, I think. Um, 
it was so stinking hot in that wilderness. And um, so he's saying, this is what not coming to God with my sin did. And it just got worse and worse and worse and worse. And then he said, but you know what? In love, God convicted me of my sin. And then he, then when I finally came to him and I confessed my sin, which David did to the prophet, was he a prophet? Yeah. Nathan. Um, when Nathan confronted him about his sin with Bathsheba, David, to his credit, owned up to it. He owned it. And, and so he says in this Psalm, when I finally confessed my sin, This same God who in his goodness and mercy didn't just write me off. He came after me and convicted me and he made my life difficult because he was trying to get my attention. It's been said that God is screaming to you in your pain. Now, not all pain comes because we are living lives of sin, but you can know for sure that if you have been living a life of habitual chronic sin, and you're not confessing it to God, and you're not dealing with it, and you're a child of God because you put your faith in Jesus, God will discipline you. And even if you're not a child of God, we reap what we sow. Forget karma. They're just borrowing the... Okay, I don't mean to be offensive, but I think that karma is just what Christians would call what Jesus says. You will reap what you sow. But karma is kind of different with their whole thing with reincarnation and all that. So... I'm not saying that karma is what, yeah, I take that back. Um, there are some similarities. They just take it to a place that I can't go because man lives once and then there's a judgment and they take it someplace else. But you do reap what you sow. And David was reaping what he sowed. But he said, in love, you convicted me of sin, Lord, and you forgave me when I finally owned up to my sin. Therefore, he said, here's my lesson to you. Seek the Lord. Pray to the Lord while he may be found. Don't just think I'm going to wait. And this is me saying this. I'm going to wait until my deathbed. And I'm going to call a priest or a pastor or whatever. And then I'm going to get right with God. Why would you waste your whole life messing around with sin? And this is where the aphids come in. I looked at those aphids. Such tiny, small things. How could they do so much damage? They literally sucked and were sucking the life out of my plants, my herbs. And they were propagating. Sin begets sin. If you don't keep short accounts with God, if you keep going thinking, how much can I get away with? You won't get away with any of it. Even if it looks like it, you're not going to get away with it. David didn't, and he was a king. He did not get away with it. He paid a very high price. But God doesn't want to punish us. He put all punishment on himself when Jesus died on the cross. He put that punishment, but he will discipline us as his children. And in love, he will get your attention through the consequences of your own sin. You and I can't blame God for the consequences of our own sin. We just can't. We do all the time. But that's not fair. That's not right. He didn't make me eat too much and get all the way up to 208 pounds. I can't blame God on that. You know? Um, And I'm losing weight, by the way. I have lost 25 pounds. Yay! And counting. Okay. Um, So, David says, seek the Lord while you can. 
And when I look at my plants, now I can't look at them the same because I may have to start all over and throw these plants away because these aphids are still coming out of them. They are compromised. But you know what the cool news is? The homemade pesticide soap. What does soap do? It cleans. And I see spiritual truth in that with aphids. Sin is like aphids. If you don't keep short accounts with God, if you don't nip it in the bud, it will propagate and it will bring some friends with it. And you will, it will suck the life out of you. Everybody thinks sin is such a wonderful thing because you know why? It feels good. In the moment, it feels good. It's fun. Jackie Hill Perry, a former lesbian who is now a saved child of God, married to a man with four lovely children. I want to read her book, Holier Than Thou, and I want to read her biography, testimony, Gay Girl, Good God. Because this woman, she's incredible. I'm telling you, she's incredible. She is awesome. I've been listening to her on YouTube. But back to this psalm. Keep short accounts. Sin will take you down. It will suck your life down. And and the reason I mentioned Jackie Hill Perry is she said, I wanted to get drunk. I wanted to steal. I wanted to um, have a relationship with someone of the same sex. It felt good. It felt right. It felt natural. But she said, sin doesn't satisfy. It promises it's going to satisfy. But it doesn't. It, it absolutely does not. And I've, I've seen a loved one who has struggled with sin in their own life. And, and, and I've seen them at their lowest. And when people have drunk a lot, they'll be really honest with you. And they weren't happy at all. They were drinking to numb the pain. I know why we do what we do. Sin is man's way of dealing with pain. It's sin is man's way and woman's way of meeting a God-given need with a not God-given provision because we're not trusting and coming to the God who says, I will supply all your needs. I will meet all your needs. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. We're not believing that. So let me wrap up here. And again, I'm sorry, golly. Just know I am asking the Lord to help me. I really am. But hopefully you're getting something out of this. So this psalm is such an incredible thing. And and I will never look at aphids twice the same way. Because I know that in my life, the aphids start out small. And they don't look like they're going to do a thing. They're like the size of a pinhead. Oh, but they get bigger and they bring friends with them. And the damage they can do in numbers... It's like the piranha. Yeah, piranha. Uh, one piranha on its own. Well, they've got those teeth. You know, they don't attack on their own. They, they attack in schools. And they will flat. They can take animals down and they can take humans down too. And they're so small. You know, I mean, they're not as small as aphids. But you get the point. Um, And then he concludes in Psalm 32, he's praising God. And just like I should have used soap to wash those plants and clean them, instead of the harsh, acidic 
at uh, cider vinegar, which just flat, if they weren't already struggling, they looked better with the aphids on them. I absolutely killed it. You know, we kill other people with our words, with our acidic words. When they're struggling with sin and when we condemn them because their sin looks different from ours, like my good friend Cindy says, don't condemn somebody because their sin is different from yours. Okay, I may not be gay. I don't struggle with same-sex attraction. But you know what? My sin, and it's taken me a while to, to realize this, my sin is just as disgusting. And I'm sorry if, if you have experienced same-sex attraction. I'm not saying you're disgusting. I'm just saying that sin in and of itself, meeting a God-given need in a way that is not God-given or God-provided outside of God, that that's sin. And my being overweight and weighing 208 pounds when I should weigh around 140 to 145, that's sin. And so, you know, we're so big about condemning people, at least I struggle with it, maybe I'm the only one, with things that we don't personally struggle with. But, you know, all of it put Jesus on the cross. And there are people out there, and Jackie Hill Perry said she was one of them. She said, I couldn't go to church because I knew people would condemn me. I knew they would condemn me. Church, we need to be tripping of ourselves, inviting people to come in no matter what they're struggling with. We're not inviting them to, we're not saying what you're doing is okay. And some churches have gone too far and they're like, well, what you're doing is okay. Jesus doesn't have a problem with it. We're not called to erase the Bible. We're not called to say that things that Jesus clearly said were wrong and were sinful are not sin. That's wrong. But we need to be showing God's love. And so to finish up, David knew his God. He knew what kind of God he was. He knew that he could come to him. Now, it took him a while to come to God with his sin. But once he did, he breaks out in all of this praise. And he says, you're my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of deliverance. The wicked experience many, many woes. But your, you, your unfailing love surrounds me. And you even instruct me. You teach me. You counsel me. And as long as I'm not acting like a horse or a mule or a donkey, stubborn and fighting you. And maybe he's thinking back to how he was fighting God. Because maybe God was trying to convict him. Um, he promises that if we don't act like some horse that has to have a bit and a bridle or it won't come near you, don't be stubborn. Uh, you know, he's, he's telling us what to do. And when you're afraid, you can trust him. And, and he says, sing, rejoice, be glad because God's unfailing love, his hesed, his covenant keeping, I'm for you love is there for us. So I'm going to close out this uh, very lengthy podcast. (laughs) I don't mean to lie. I really, when I say I'm going to do this under 30, you can just pray for me. Pray for me that I will get more pithy. Okay, but I hope you get something out of this. And uh, go read Psalm 32. And uh, go buy yourself an herb. And uh, enjoy the wonderful life-giving things that that herb has and whatever it takes to help you to remember any of the truths that God maybe um, is saying to you. But Psalm 32, read it and put your name in there and use the word I instead of 
um, blessed is the man. Say, blessed am I. And read that psalm and personalize it. Y'all have a wonderful day, wonderful night. And uh, I look forward to hearing from you on Facebook. Have a serendipitous day. See you next time.